talk about, whoops, there goes part of my Bible. I want to talk about what is it that we need to do to hold on to our faith. You know, because it doesn't matter whether it's coronavirus, it doesn't matter whether it's financial difficulties, it doesn't matter whether it's relational difficulties, there are always times in our lives that it seems like God has forgotten us. Becca gave us the word from Paul and Silas. They were in the prison and they didn't know what was going on. The temptation is always to think maybe God has forgotten about us. Now, you and I know that He hasn't forgotten about us, but there are these times in our lives where we struggle with what's going on. And so today I thought we would spend some time looking at a time in the history when the disciples felt like God had forgotten about them. What did they do? And how did they get through it? Because I believe that's an encouraging word for us. So I want you to go to Acts. And we're going to start in chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 14. Chapter 1, verse 14. Now, it had just talked about in the first parts of that chapter the different things that were uh, the disciples that were gathered in the upper room. And it says, They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So, if you remember this part of the story is, Jesus had resurrected, just like we celebrated Easter last week. He, he just was resurrected. He spent some days with them, walking, talking to them, telling them to stay in Jerusalem, telling them that if they stayed there that they would receive power, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit would come on. And we talked about that last week, about how we need to, to have the Spirit inside of us and that we need to pray and do those kind of things with the Spirit. And so they are sitting there, and it says, and he was taken from them. And at the point where he was taken from them, and so they were just kind of like staring up like, uh, well, this is not what we expected again. We thought he was kind of hanging out with us resurrected. Now he's just departed again. And it said an angel appeared to him and says, why are you gazing up in the heavens? Don't you know he had to be taken away? And so here they are. They go to the upper room, and they're standing there, and they all are with one accord. Now, that doesn't mean they all got in a Honda. Uh, that's what a lot of people say. They're all in one accord, the Honda. It's not a Honda Accord. It means that they were in harmony. They were in unity. They were of the same mind. Now, what were they in the same mind about? What were they in the same mind about? They were in the same mind that I think their same mind was, what do we do now? How do we handle this? Jesus said, stay here, but what do we do to continue on with that? And so they're trying to come up with this, what do we do? It's, it's they're thinking about it. For us, it's the same thing right now with coronavirus. We're like, what do we do now? We were told that we do 15 days to stop the spread. You remember that one? Honk if you remember 15 days to stop the spread. Yeah. Then they came out and said, let's do 30 more days to stop the spread. You remember that one? Right? Honk your horns. Yeah. And then they just came out with the president and says, okay, now... Once you get maybe through this 30 days, we're going to have another 14 days of phase 1, another 14 days of phase 2, another 14 days of phase 3, and then we might let you get back to life. 
So we've gone from 15 days to 30 days to now over 42 days additional to get back to normal. I don't know about you, but I'm looking at like, well, what do we do now? We're all in the same mind. We're all in one accord. What do we do now? What, how, do we, how do we do our jobs? How do we continue to live separate? How do we continue to, to be holed up in this kind of situation? We're all of one mind. So when it comes to times of tribulation, times of feeling like things aren't going what it is, the first thing we need to do is we need to talk about what's on our mind so that we can all get in the same mind. So in my family, if we were having money problems, Rebecca and I are saying having money problems. Now I'm not saying we are. I'm just using this as an example because a lot of people can identify this. We're having financial problems. Our first thing is we've got to talk about what is it that's on our mind? What is concerning us? Is it, do we not have enough money for food? Do we not have enough money for clothes? Do we not have enough money to go to the movies? What is it that concerns us? Where are we not having the money? We have to talk it out. And the crazy thing is, is when I got married, I thought everybody thought about money the same way I did. And then Rebecca and I started working on budgets. And you know what? We don't think the same way about budgets. But we had to get in one mind. We had to use what she thought, what I thought. And so when it comes to even like the, the virus and stuff that's going on, we've got to talk and get in the same mind. What's your family's mind in this situation? What's your family's mind in this time? What's, what's your brothers and sisters in this time? You've got to get in one mind. Now, you notice it wasn't that they were all of one person had one mind and led everybody else in it. It was they were all coming together to communicate, to think, to get in harmony, to come in one mind. And so the first thing we got to realize is to really, truly, truly have what God wants us to have in life when it comes to these troubling times is we've got to communicate with one another to get into one mind. One mind together is one. And then it says they were praying. The most important part of getting in one mind is you need to pray because in times of trouble I can have an ideal Rebecca can have an ideal but what's God saying about that ideal so when it comes to finances for example if we're like you know what's God saying what's God saying for our family it's not what I want it's not what she wants it's not that we compromise with that we come to the agreement well, what does God want and we can only get that through prayer and so they were coming together with prayer so the first thing is we got to communicate with one another, communicate with one another, and then spend time communicating with God. Prayer and supplication. Now, supplication is a little more than just praying like, Lord Jesus, show me your will. Supplication has this ideal of weeping, of fasting, of earnestly seeking with everything inside of us. And so when we're in a downturn, when things are not going our way, it drives us to our knees because we are struggling more it makes us more supplication. That's the reason I know the disciples were struggling. Because it didn't say they were one accord in prayer. It says they were one accord in prayer and supplication. It wasn't an easy thing for them. It wasn't just a time of prayer, of unity. This was supplication. They were, they were drive into themselves to weep and pray and fast to understand what's going on. And then it says, and then those days, verse 15, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the numbers of the names were about 120. And said, Men and brethren, 
This scripture has been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. And now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his entails gushed out. And it became known to all dwelling in Jerusalem, so that the field is called, in their own language, Aklim Dam, that is, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. And so Peter, in their prayer and supplication, in their fasting, and in their time of praying, he's like, you know what, we're missing something. We're missing something in the prophecy. There is something we are missing. And so they got together like, what, what are we missing? And Peter's like, you know what we're missing? He says, let another take his place. And so it says, therefore all the men who were accompanied us at the time of the Lord, Jesus went in and amount among us. Beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. In other words, they were saying, these are going to be the qualifications to fit into this place of need. Now, for them, it was a man that needed to be put in an office. But for you and I, it may not be a person that needs to be in our life. It may be something we need more of. With the time that we've had with coronavirus, our family has got to do more things together. Spending time together. Because we were always running. Whether it was wake up in the morning, do school, go to swim from three to seven, come home, finish up what we got to do, put kids to bed by nine, and now we're having all this time together. We're getting to know one another in a way that maybe we didn't know each other before, right? And so in that, we say, you know what? There's something missing. We need something in our family life. We need something that we can put in. So it's not a person we need. It's maybe a better connection. Maybe with finances. If you're having trouble with finances, maybe it's like, well, I need a different job, or I need to budget different, or I, I need for God to provide, or I need something else to happen. With relationships, it's maybe you need somebody to come into your life. But it's in that time that you come together. And so they ended up bringing this man, Matthias, and putting him in as a disciple. And then it says, when the day of the Pentecost, chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost is fully fulfilled, they were all with one accord in one place. And then that's when the Holy Spirit fell on them. But did you notice they had to go through 40 days because from Passover to Pentecost is 40 days. We've had 15 days to stop the spread. We've had 30 days to stop the spread. That's 45 days. Now if you look at what they're telling us again in these phases, we might have another 42 days. We're also in this 40 number of what are we going to do for 40, time, 40 days? We're going to have two 40s. Two, a 45 and a 42. What are you going to do? See, the real thing is we've got to realize when, when God puts us in a place where we don't have the answers, He wants us in that place for a purpose. And He wants us to do three things. He wants us to communicate with one another. Now, the coronavirus, this is what's so deadly about the coronavirus. It's not that it's deadly. The deadliness of coronavirus is it's separating us. It's separating us. Now with technology, Facebook and those kind of things, we can still call and talk to one another. But it wants to separate us. Now you can be separated as a family and get your family together, but it separates families from families. 
And so, if we really want to get through this time, I'm not telling you to break the law. I'm not telling you to go out and have a big party at your house. But I'm telling you, use this time to connect with people that maybe you haven't connected with in a while that maybe you need to connect with. I mean, look around the parking lot. You can look around inside the church if you're inside the church. Who's not here today? Maybe it's an opportunity for you to call them and text them and say, you know what, I missed you today. I need to connect with you. Pick up the phone, Facebook message them, Facebook live them. Uh, what's that called with the iPhone live stream? Is that it? Is that the live stream? iPhone where you do the live stream? Is that it? Chris, is that live stream? Where you do that? Yeah? Huh? FaceTime, that's it, FaceTime. You might need to FaceTime some people. Maybe you need to Zoom somebody. I don't know. We've got all kinds of technology. You need to connect. We cannot let a virus stop our connection because the connection we have with one another is what gets us through the hard times. The disconnection will destroy more people than the virus will. In Knoxville, they've already had more suicides than they've had deaths from coronavirus. We cannot let a virus disconnect us. See, our connection with one another assembling together the brotherly love that we have for one another is what actually gets us through these times because when we get together we communicate what do you need what do I need let's talk about it let's get in one accord let's let's see where it is that we need to work together what what's going on with you where are you down where am I down where am I up where are you up what is your life get in one accord one harmony one mind don't let the coronavirus separate you because that is the ploy of the devil and what the virus is about is separating people from one another so that you feel alone. You're not alone. To hold on to your faith, you need other brothers and sisters in Christ to come along and hold you together. Find ways to talk, reach out, connect. The next thing is, is we need to connect with God. Are you prayer? Are you supplicating? Are you really seeking God in your times of trouble? Now, with the coronavirus, you know, we've been praying. We're doing those things. But this is to be used at any time that you feel like you've been put under. Because, listen, this ain't the last time it's going to happen to you. It may only happen to Richie this month. It may happen to Tony and Doris next month. The coronavirus is just worldwide, but each one of us go through times and trials where we feel like we've been in prison like Peter and Silas, where we've been like the disciples. We feel like God has left us, and we're just staring up in the clouds and like, well, that's not what I expected to have happen. What am I to do now? And God says, you know, go do what you're supposed to do. And you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Let's get together. Let's pray. Let's ask Him. And then the last thing is... Where there are needs, you need to find them. This is a great time to soul search your life. Soul search, what do you really need? What is really important to you? During this time, family is important. Our kids are important. What's important? What's missing from your life? Is it finances? Finances are important. You don't get through life without finances. Is it a relationship? That's missing. Find what you need and start to find that place to start getting that need met. Whatever it is. Because as you seek it out, 
Then the day of Pentecost comes. Then God pours out His Spirit. His blessing starts to flow on you. But when you don't know what you need, the blessing can be poured out on you, and you're like, why ain't God doing anything in my life? Because you don't know this is God's blessing at that time. You're unaware of what you need. And He could pour all kinds of blessings on you, and they just roll off you like water off the back of a duck because you don't know it. See, a duck needs water. He can't swim without it. But do you think a duck really realizes the water's there or it just uses it? See, God has so blessed us that in these times, sometimes if we don't stop and say, what do I need? What do I need from God? So that when he pours out his blessing, you're like, I can't believe he's already got that for me. He is pouring out his blessings upon me. He's blessing me with something I didn't even realize I needed until just now. And now I've seen that he's been supplying it all this time for me. But it's only through these times of trouble that usually we get to that place where we understand what God's doing. So there's three steps. Let's go home again. First one is you need to communicate with one another. With your spouse, with other people in your life, accountability partners. You need to get with one accord. You need to get with one accord with God. You need to let Him know what you're doing. You need to pray. Supplication. Prayer and supplication. The third thing is, is you need to sit down and Write it out. Peter could look at the scriptures and he said, It's written that he will be replaced. He could see it written. What you need to do is you need to write out, This is what I need from God. What is it I need from God? This is what I need from God. So when your prayer and you're supplicating, you know it. And then when it shows up, which it will show up, you're like, This is the greatness of our God. How gracious is He to pour this out upon me. I wouldn't even need to own I need this unless He had put me in this place that I could now see what He wants for me in my life. And so I just want to pray for you. So if you're here and you're like, you know what? I'm feeling separated from people. I have coronavirus has kind of separated me from the people that I normally associate with maybe. Maybe family's been separated or something like that. So usually we lift our hands or whatever. I just want you to cut your lights on. If you're like, you know what, I feel like I've been separated from people and I need to get back with people. I just want you to flick your lights on. Okay, I see those lights. Father, I just ask you right now, Father, for each person that has come today and, and they have felt like, you know what, just not feeling like I've been connected like I need to be connected, Father. Father, I know that you have not called us to be disconnected. I know you've called us to be of one accord. That we're supposed to communicate. We're supposed to assemble together. And Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I ask you to bless each of these people that have felt disconnected, Father, for a connection like they've never had before. That they come to one accord. They come with one mind with the people that you've put around them. Father, if there are some people that they need to get back with, to be connected with, Father, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to put those people back in their life. Give them a name even as they're sitting in their cars right now, Father, that they know who they need to connect with, how they need to connect, what needs to be connected with, Father. Father, we declare your kingdom power, your kingdom glory upon them. And right now in the name of Jesus, Satan, I say you're a liar. And your lie that we should be separated... We bring it down right now in the name of Jesus. We bind that lie of separation. We will not take that separation anymore. And we declare that right now in Jesus' name upon each and every one of us. Amen. If you're here, if you're here and you're like, you know, I'm just really feeling like I'm not praying enough or I'm su not supplicating enough, which I'll have to say, you know, it's hard to pray and supplicate. 
especially when you're in the middle of the battle. It's hard to do it. So if that's you, not collecting your lights on, I want you to honk your horn and say, you know what, I just haven't been praying enough. I haven't been supplicating enough. Yeah, that's us. Yeah. And so when you honked your horn, you didn't know it, but you just committed to praying supplication more. Okay, you just did that. You just said amen to it. Let it be so. You just didn't know your car had that power and ability to do that to you. But if you're here and you're like, you know what, I need to sit down and I need to come up with where my need is, what I need God to bless me with, I'm going to pray for each and every one of us because we all need to do this. It doesn't matter who you are. So I'm going to pray for that for everybody. But if that's you specifically, you're like, you know what? I'm not really sure where I'm needing stuff. You don't have to cut your lights on or whatever. But, but I want you to, to just really pray with me that God would show you the need so that when the blessing comes, you will know it came in your life. So Father, right now, Jesus right now, Holy Spirit right now, the one that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that power resides in us. And, Father, that power is for us to bring deliverance to this world. But, Father, there are things we need. And you say you even know what we need before we ask. And, Holy Spirit, we know that through our spirit that we've been praying for the things we need and we didn't even know it. But I ask you to make it known, reveal to us, reveal to us in a revelation what do we need. Father, whether it comes out of your word or whether it comes out of the word that we write, it doesn't matter. We want that word, your word, to come forward so that when your blessing comes, Father, we can acknowledge you as the God that has given us that blessing. Father, show us how to be a blessed people, how to be a people that will understand you and understand what you're doing in our lives. But, Father, more than that, let us be a people that understands ourselves and what we need and how we need you to be our supply. How do you need, how you supply us freedom like Paul and Silas? How you bring us healing like Jesus brought the lepers? How you bring us the ability to speak as the Holy Spirit gave power for the disciples to speak? Father, we ask you for all those blessings we need. And in your name we pray. Amen. So, I have no idea what time it is. I don't have a phone. I don't have